now. I don't know who he is behind that mask of his, but I do know when we need him. We need him now. I'll call him For some reason, the cool bars in Hollywood have to be hard to find and have to have no sign. This is the Cocktail Nation. Well, it's been a good year for new music and events, and I've got lots of that for you tonight, plus some interesting news for fans of sports cars and classic brands. Let's kick off now. New music from Rose Sinclair. This is One Note Samba on the Cocktonation.
Cocktail Nation, Alex Keek, and why me? It's Lashley to Coop Cooper with you. Coming up real soon, Jazz Track, Mario Gregorov from the uh, recent show that I've been watching called American Playboy, and the passing of a keyboard icon, a pianist of great renown, coming your way. Cocktail Nation. Words with Wednesday. You're a librarian, Mr. Wordsworth. You're a dealer in books and two-cent fines and pamphlets and closed stacks and the musty insides of a language factory. Words, Mr. Wordsworth. Wait too long, people. As I sat in my office and realized suddenly that we were set to challenge the might and ferocity of the most cold-blooded criminal combine of all time, I knew sudden fear. Because starting tomorrow, there wouldn't be a day or night until we broke Al Capone when I'd be able to cease worrying about the man I was about to place in constant danger. Hey gang, I'm Gary Wells from Vintage Leisure at SoulRideBlog.com and I'm here with another book recommendation for the Cocktail Nation. This time we're looking at The Untouchables by Elliot Ness with Oscar Fraley from 1957. I was 14 when I read this first-hand retelling of the story of The Untouchables by the man himself, Elliot Ness. Years later, I bought a paperback copy and put it on my shelf, happy to own it. I finally read it again only recently, for the first time since I was 14. And incidentally, my copy has no printing history, which means I don't know how old it is. Frustrating. I have scoured the internet and can't find a copy with the same cover, which is actually cool. I may have the only one on earth with this cover. I see some with similar designs that are dated 1975. Anyways, for those who don't know, The Untouchables tells the story of Prohibition agent Elliot Ness, who, with his team of agents who could not be bribed, they were untouchable, helped topple the empire of famed gangster Al Capone. Chicago-born Ness joined the U.S. Treasury Department in 1926 and began his work with the Bureau of Prohibition in his hometown. When federal and state authorities decided to bring down Capone, Ness was chosen to lead a small squad from the Justice Department to shut down the Capone Booze Combine. In his book, Elliot relates being inspired by his brother-in-law, who detailed for Ness the Capone operation that generated revenue of upwards of $75 million and the rampant graft and bribery paid to police and judges who were in Capone's back pocket. Ness goes on to relate his epiphany that, while a vast police force was bound to contain many bad apples, a small hand-picked crew may be an effective tool. Elliot and his ten carefully chosen men were tasked with locating and closing stills and breweries and thereby cutting off the vital flow of money into the Capone organization. Without the revenue generated by the sale of alcohol, the mob could not hope to maintain the weight of the extensive payoffs they were making to police and city officials. Each member of the crew is well described in this book that reads like a novel, and you'll learn of the men chosen by Ness. The muscle men, the walking tails, the driver, the telephone expert, and the office man. Ness then provides a thorough history of Al Capone and his gang and shares statistics showing the grip organized crime had on the city and indeed the nation. The reader is also treated to detailed accounts of the raids and how the untouchables circumvented the mob's efforts to remain concealed and to evade capture. The increase in raids caused consternation among the Capone gang but reprisals against these federal men were held in check, particularly as Capone was still in prison on a minor gun charge when Ness got to work. As things escalated and Capone was released, a series of acts of nuisance retaliation were carried out by the mob, such as threatening phone calls and stealing Elliot's car and leaving it in a far-off vacant lot. The reader is treated to a step-by-step description of wiretaps that allowed the feds to listen in on conversations, to overhear plans and to receive confirmation that their raids were starting to pay off. Finally, attempts are made on Elliot Ness's life and one of the gang is murdered. Eventually, with every still and brewery being discovered and closed down, booze dried up. With Capone's speakeasies not making money, the war chest was depleted and payoffs could no longer be made. With the addition of evidence of Capone's massive illegal income not being declared on his taxes and Prohibition's repeal, the nefarious empire crumbled. Elliot Ness enjoyed some successes in law enforcement after Capone went up the river, but they were short-lived. He was married three times and ran unsuccessfully for public office. Ironically, it was drink that contributed to his later distresses 
financial and otherwise. Knowing a memoir would be lucrative, he teamed with Oscar Fraley, a sports writer from Philly, to write the story of The Untouchables. Elliot wrote a lengthy synopsis from which Fraley worked. By 1957, Fraley had most of the book written and Ness had approved the proofs. Before the book could be published, however, Elliot Ness died of a heart attack at his home in Pennsylvania. He was 54. Upon initial publication, The Untouchables was savaged as inaccurate, but research done since then reveals that things did indeed happen as Elliot Ness described them. Some of the belittling of the work of Ness and his crew stems from a judge dismissing the Compone indictment on 5,000 violations of the Volstead Act that were generated from the work of The Untouchables and instead pursuing the income tax evasion case against Scarface Al. Shortly after Ness's death, this book was published and illuminated the work of Elliot and his crew, and soon after this, The Untouchables entered the pop culture lexicon. TV mogul Desi Arnaz used his and Lucy's Desi Lou Productions to bring The Untouchables to television, starring Robert Stack as Elliot Ness and featuring cracking staccato narration from legendary newsman Walter Winchell, two-time loser. Later in 1987, Brian De Palma offered his stylized take on the Ness tale with his film, The Untouchables, starring Kevin Costner as Ness and Robert De Niro as Capone. This is the film for which Sean Connery was given an Oscar many felt was overdue. Later still, in 1993, there was a short-lived Untouchables series starring William Forsyth as Capone and unknown Tom Amandes as Ness. But the world of Elliot Ness and the Untouchables finds its origin in the man himself and his accomplishments, first brought to the masses in the pages of this fascinating book. So to wrap up, I can highly recommend The Untouchables by Elliot Ness and Oscar Fraley. You can find plenty of copies for sale at Abe Books. If you'd like to read the full review of this book, you can head over to my website. I'd like to thank Coop Cooper and Cocktail Nation. Once again, this is Gary Wells from SoulRideBlog.com, and I'm encouraging you to pick up a book. Words with Wellsay. Cocktail Nation.
prodigue de cocktail Nation 8 longe leader Coucou Père.
Gogdanation Amar Jamal and Ivy from the 1959 album Jamal at the Penthouse. Who's an absolute legend, sadly passing away just this week at the age of 92. The pioneering musician who is known for his minimalistic playing and compositions that explored space, time and dynamics passed away at his home in Ashley Falls, Massachusetts on Sunday the 16th of April. Jamal was born Friedrich Russell Jones in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania in 1930. He began playing piano at the age of three. After leaving high school, Jamal began touring with jazz orchestras and he moved to Chicago in 1950 forming his own group, the Three Strings, later known as the Amald Jamal Trio. Jamal received a Grammy Lifetime Achievement Award from the Recording Academy in 2017 and will be missed. But certainly if you get your chance to Grab some Ahmad Jamal albums. You won't be disappointed. And of course, that story is in Lounge Life magazine this week. We've also got the rise and fall of Tupperware's plastic empire and the diehard fans desperate to save it. The 1960s Bedford fire truck that inspired a women's brigade of a country town that helped save the town in the 1990s. An amazing truck that's still in use today. And of course, you can see that and a whole lot more via our Flipboard magazine that is called Lounge Life Magazine. Retro stories put in there each week. Reads like a magazine, feels like a magazine. And links via the website at cocktailnation.net. Usually, you empty your drink from the top, but when you use a straw, you empty it from the bottom. Very deep. Cocktail Nation. North America, this is the Cocktail Nation. Oh, mm-hmm. 
Donation, Steve Yeager and Sideswipe. We also played The Drugstore, Romeo's and Wondrous Place and Mr. Moai and the Tiki Heads with Dawn of Tiki. Plenty of events up on the website, cocktonation.net for the World of Swank Gig Guide. And if you've got some gigs that you'd like to let me know about, certainly get in touch. Email thecocktonation at gmail.com. We'll put it up on the website for you. Great news that Mr. Ho's Orchestrotica are on tour across the month of April and May. Hukula, June 8 to 11 in Florida, and Oana Lua at the Lake is back for 2023. And if you're on the big island in Toxica, the White Sands every Thursday. Today, much more stuff going on. Winston Churchill typically smoked 8 to 10 cigars a day, sometimes as much as 15. During the American Prohibition, he would get a doctor's note saying he needed to drink indefinite amounts of alcohol when he would come and visit the States. Talk about a highly functioning alcoholic. Well, that's about it, Stuff fans. We'll have more for you at another time. Thank you. Bye-bye. Stop loving you, you can never have me near Don't blame me, I never asked you to fall No one's gonna stop me from having it all Having it all, having it all You'll never stop me from having it From having, having it all
Nation Crawdaddian, Clean Caper, Martini Kings in there as well, Dance of the Virgins and Linda Carone, and her latest from her album, Lemon Twist, Having It All. Very cool news, and I've been waiting for this. As a bit of a fan of sports cars, when people talk about electric cars, I've, I've been waiting to see if there's anything cool out there, because, quite frankly, the Tesla's a little bit on the dull side. Not that I really want to buy an electric car. I'm more of a fan of the combustion engine, and I certainly hope that with sports cars and performance cars that come out that they actually have a real sound and feel to it. But so far, right now, it still feels like a go-kart. But interestingly, MG is going back to its roots with a new car called the Cyberster. A little bit of play on the roadster there. It's not a bad-looking car. It looks a little bit like a, a Mazda Miata, I suppose, or perhaps a little bit like a Porsche. It's not a bad-looking car for a modern sports car but kind of cool that MG's going back to their roots. Let's get back to the music right now. Laura Ainsworth with Goldfinger. Thank you. 
But his lies can't disguise what you fear For a golden girl knows when he's kissed her It's the kiss of death from Mr.
concatenation Kenny Sasaki and Hypnotize from the album Music for Tiggy Bars. Next week, the spies are back, Jason White and with Spy Vibe. And I'm going to leave you with the Tiki Delights, Shaken Not Stirred, rather appropriate spy song from the boys. Stay here. strikes cocktail time in the penthouse suite. He moves with measured grace behind the bar. The lights are soft and low in his swank retreat. While below, a striking beauty parks her car. The elevator gently glides to the 15th floor. She contemplates his kiss and warm embrace. Though it's her duty to disarm him behind closed doors, she may fall prey to the passion in this place. Shaken, not stirred, the dry martinis flow. Each unaware of what the other knows. Lost in the moment, whilst an addressing intoxicating tunes. Seductive words Shaken, not stirred Shaken, not solitude. Espionage loses out in the swank retreat as two romantic spies completely mesmerized indulge in their top secret interlude. Other knows Lost in the moment Whilst an address sings Intoxicating tunes Seductive words Shaking, not stirred 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 Shaking